0: Follow the Four Corners Podcast on social media. Like us on Facebook, Four Corners Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, Podcast Four Corners. And check us out on Instagram, Four Corners Podcast. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher. Don't forget to leave us a five star review.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Four Corners Podcast. I am Shad here with Matt and Brad. Guys, how are you doing?
2: Doing good, Shad.
0: I'm doing good as well.
1: Wonderful. Glad to hear it. We want to thank you all for being with us for this episode. We'll get our shout-outs out of the way. The first one will be to Collar & Elbow, the wrestling brand, CollarAndElbowBrand.com, now with their European store. So if you're in Europe and you want some Collar & Elbow stuff, you can get it use the promo code four corners podcast. That's the number four, capital C in corners, capital P and podcast, no spaces and save 10% on your order. And for our other shout out, we're going to hand the ball to Matt. Uh,
2: that would be to Orlando Cologne. Uh, you know, uh, actually guys, we're, we're taping this on election day for those who, wow. uh, we're going to pull back the curtain. We are recording it on November 3rd election day. This won't air until the, the next day, but, uh, my vote was cast for Orlando Cologne. <laughs> <laughs> That's who I chose to lead this great nation, and he can do it because he's an American citizen, Puerto Rico. Yeah, proud American citizens.
1: Yep, I love the right ends. All right. So you guys, thank you all for joining us. We are going to be to for this episode, and next episode. Well, to be honest with you, we're just gonna we're gonna kind of. Uh, turn and 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 look to the side of some other topics from what we usually do because doggone it we just feel like we could use just a little bit of a break um, so brad could you please set us up with what we're going to be talking about
0: well one of us is also in the process of a move so we've been trying to gingerly avoid things that that require us to watch mass amounts of wrestling footage <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah i, I... I have moved, and it's been, like, a complete debacle. Like, I am going to have boxes. I'm going to be living amongst boxes uh, <laughs> for quite some time.
0: Because to unveil the curtain a little bit about what our future plans are is we want to do a, a couple episodes on Rey Mysterio versus Psychosis is like, a feud in the mid-'90s, but to do that is going to require us to watch a lot of stuff. And... Um, so so we might avoid wrestling for a while until we can hit that one because um that's what's next on our thing yeah we might we might try and do a tracy smothers show but um there's no promises there uh yeah just just because with with the with thanksgiving coming up and stuff i just i think by the time we can watch footage again it's going to be like a month out of date um we might do it down the road because he is, like, a worthy worker to look at. And it's really sad. Like, we were really bummed about that. But it, unfortunately, like, I don't know. I don't know when we can fit that in. Yeah. So what we're doing tonight is... So we're, we're heading back to the world of comic books. And um, so previously we've done an episode on supervillains. But I think there's a difference between, like... And it's something Matt's actually said once that he thinks, like, part of a comic book uh, is that the villains are oftentimes, like, more interesting than the main characters themselves, which uh, I agree with, uh, especially with some villains. But So we did our favorite villains, but the, I think when you're dealing with, like, a comic book franchise, I think the villains as a whole, not specific individuals are very important to how long-term you stay with a comic book Mm -hmm. because like, especially like when you're getting into like what we, what is a really good rogues gallery is that you have like your B and your C list villains that maybe aren't as like big are still interesting and fun to see pop up.
1: Yeah. Well, and another thing is that, um, Having one one good villain is nice, but the problem is that you have to have a variety a good variety of villains in order to challenge your heroes in different ways.
0: And I actually think like in modern comics, um, the art of the lesser villains has really been lost and modern writers really turn a lot of those guys into jokes now. And then because everything is written for trade and every writer comes in and wants to use their favorites, instead of getting like the wealth of variety of villains you used to get back in the day where maybe Doc Ock would pop up every year or two, or you might actually go 50 or 60 issues without him showing up, now it feels yeah. like he's there every like, other story arc or every time a creative team takes
1: over. Yeah. So we want to set a little bit of uh, ground rules here to make sure that we're all clear on on what it is we're looking for. In uh, the consideration of the rogues gallery, what qualifies someone as part of the rogues gallery? Because there are some um, antagonists that could be a that could show up as an you know an opponent for a particular hero, but maybe he shows up more in a different book, or or he migrates maybe that, over
0: time. Like yeah, like I think a good example is the Kingpin that was a Spider-Man villain for a long time, and then he slowly <laughs> has become a Daredevil villain to where you mm-hmm. would associate with him with Daredevil.
2: Yeah, he's become far more a part of like the the Daredevil mythos.
0: Or, or someone like in DC, like Solomon Grundy, who was a Daredevil. No, I mean sorry, a Green Lantern villain to start with, but they've kind of genericed him up to the point where I'd say he belongs to no one's rogue's gallery now because he's too generic.
2: He's almost—he's almost almost become slightly like a Batman villain. Not exactly, but they've incorporated him a lot into like different media with
0: Batman, he does seem he to be a is,
1: Batman uh, villain now he is well and he showed up um with the jsa and that's he he is he's kind of a nice all-purpose villain because there are different forms to grundy there's big dumb grundy or there's cagey or faster grundy or something like that and so he can be a different challenge to different heroes so he doesn't exactly fit into just one. Um, and then one other thing that I'm gonna put in there is that there are some things that you might consider villains that I would almost consider to be more plot devices. Um, but we'll get we'll get to that um, in it, we'll we'll get to that in due time. So Brad, what's our format?
0: So we're, doing, we're, we're doing the tournament format. Um, it's going to be a little different than our other tournaments because we did not want to go through 16 rogue galleries for this.
1: <laughs> Preferably not.
0: So we went with 10. Um, so you, you're probably thinking to yourself, well, 10's a weird number for a tournament. So um, that's because there's going to be two essential play-ins that will then take on the first seed of their side of the tournament. The tournament is... A DC bracket and a Marvel bracket. Um,
1: okay.
0: So our final will be the the best DC Rogues Gallery versus the best Marvel Rogues
1: Gallery. All right. So just to set up for our listeners, who who is in on the on each side, and then who will our play ins be?
0: Okay. So um, who is actually in? So let's start with DC. So. Uh-huh. Um, Batman, Superman, and Flash are in the tournament. And the play-in will be the Green Lantern versus the Teen Titans. Hmm. And then on the Marvel side, X-Men, Fantastic Four, and Spider-Man are in. And then Captain America will have to take on Iron Man in the play-in.
1: Oh, we get to do Civil War again. Yes.
2: (laughs) These uh, These are strong. All these strong contenders.
0: Because, so, so like the first one, like I, so there's some I, I considered, but where, where's a lot of, a lot of ones did not make it is where I felt they did not have um, the depth of their rogues gallery to get in. Like a good example is Wonder Woman, like Wonder Woman. If you think about Wonder Woman, there's, for most people, there's two names that pop up, which is pretty much Ares and Cheetah. And then if you know a little more, Ooh, you Cersei. might... Yeah, and if you know more, Cersei and Giganta are your next, like, ones that really pop in.
2: <laughs> Doctor, uh, Doctor Psycho, maybe.
0: Yeah, Doctor Psycho. And, but, like, but, the
2: last, like, 20 years, maybe, yeah.
0: But that's, that's not really a good rogues gallery.
2: She doesn't have the strongest, no.
0: And I think...
1: She's a, she's a good character. But she, she also seems to thrive, she really seems to thrive in team settings, um...
0: Well, I think and her, book, so, her book can be good, especially when you embrace the mythology, but you don't need a really powerful rogues gallery when you do that.
1: Yeah. the this It's more of a getting to know... getting to know her story as opposed to the, the confrontational story. So, um, it, you know, it, like you said, not, for... Nothing wrong with the character, but not really a good fit here. Yeah,
0: or like the Avengers. The Avengers really don't have a rogues gallery, if you ask me. They have a mix of the individual characters' rogues coming in.
1: Like we, you, you might be able to make the argument that there's there's a like a Justice League's rogue gallery, but it's the mixture of the individual members. Plus some other stuff And that just muddies the waters enough That it's not really good to put in contention Like
0: like if you want to read an old one Like an old Avengers Like where the Masters of Evil first show up They just show up because they each Know have one of the characters Weaknesses and the Avengers beat them By just switching their villains up And fighting different (laughs) villains Like that's how they win
2: Yeah I would would slightly disagree I think that I think they do have kind of some some distinct villains, but I'm, I'm not I don't have like a ton of confidence with that, so I'm not really going to argue that point. Um, I think that they were more. I mean, the concept, of course, was that they were all of the major superheroes teaming up to stop like major threats. Kind of like with the Justice League too. But uh, I think that they you would often get Avengers stories where they would be more paired up against other groups like the Masters of Evil. Or they'd have them fight, like, AIM or Hydra. I guess so you'd, Ultron have, you'd have is more an of that. Guy. Yeah, that that would actually be a really. He would be pretty much, like, mostly a, a, an Avengers villain. Yeah. Like, he didn't have a ton of, like. I don't think there was a ton of stories where he was specifically fighting, like, Iron Man. Like, he was an Iron Man villain. So, nothing like that.
0: No, I don't think so. And now. Well, and. The in ju- the
1: same vein, over on the Justice League side, Amazo was a straight-up league uh, yeah. yeah. He did you didn't have stories where Amazo <laughs> went against one member of the league. The, so the
0: Justice League did form to fight one of my favorite villains, though, in Starro.
1: Yeah, <laughs> you know it, the name seems kind of silly, but it's still a, that's still a good villain.
0: He hasn't been used in a really long time, actually.
1: No, they they've kind of been giving him a break, and that's all right. Okay, so we were going to be breaking down uh, the galleries we have here, and um, so the question is, where uh, do we want to start?
0: Why don't we start with um? Why don't we start with Batman? Because I think that's where we're going to spend a lot of time.
1: <laughs> okay, let me flip to that page here in my notes. That's a lot of stuff. Alright, go ahead.
0: So I think I think let's let's just for the sake of for the sake of actually getting this getting this is probably gonna be a two parter people, just so you know. For the sake of for the sake of not being here for six hours for this recording, let's let's just push the Joker to the side because we've talked about him quite a bit in the past. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> so let's let's talk about um let's talk about some of the more interesting side villains. Like let's talk about how about the scarecrow
1: scarecrow is fun. Jonathan crane, a professor of psychology who's fascinated with fear and then gets, uh, gets fired. gets fired. And so he starts, uh, experimenting with an He gets fired because of his experimentation and, um, you know, just kind of develops the fear toxin and uses it all over the place. He's he's a fun character because, like, there are so many Batman villains that are a physical threat to uh, Batman, but Scarecrow isn't. He, yeah, he, he really can't be, and so the confrontation is that Scarecrow forces Batman to face up against things that are, are floating around the back of his head. And um, so it, it Scarecrow is using Batman's own psyche to fight Batman. It's a it's a
2: it's really a fun twist. I feel like they've done a great Go ahead. Sorry, man. go ahead.
0: Sorry, go ahead. Uh, I
2: feel like they've done a really good they've done a really good job with him in more recent years, just making him actually like like a a legit threat and definitely more of a darker uh, twist to him because now that he was kind of like hokey back in the day but obviously it was as as the different versions of of batman have progressed because you know you have you went through like, like the 1960s where it was more campy and that that was even in the comic books but as he progressed he's gotten like kind of increasingly darker and they've really played with the whole like Uh, Fear toxin thing and making him An actual like threat Uh, There was one I remember there's a storyline From I think like the early 2000s Where they basically just had him straight up be like a serial Killer and that's how he was um, Striking fear into Gotham Mm -hmm. By essentially going around and just Killing people like randomly
0: I actually Just saw him read he was The last thing I read with him is actually he, He made a brief appearance in The first story arc of the Sandman
2: Oh really? Oh, that.
0: When Doctor Destiny escapes, he's like it's like around mm-hmm. Halloween, and he's like pretending to hang himself to like scare people.
2: Mm-hmm. Doctor Destiny also a Batman villain.
0: Yeah, I I so just as a side note, I'm I just read a couple days ago the serial kid, killer convention issue of the Sandman, which is absolutely phenomenal. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, that was the other fun thing I was going to say about uh, uh, about Scarecrow is why is he doing so much of what he's doing? Is because the dude just flat out loves to terrify people. It isn't so much that he wants to kill folks; it's that he just wants to terrify folks, and so he's got to uh, he's got to you know he's got to have resources for it, and then he's got his plans for it. So it's not like it's like. Oh, I need money cuz I want to be rich. It's I need money so I can scare more people. And, and I need resources to scare more people.
0: I think um I think the animated series cast the perfect voice for him.
1: They did, they did a great job. The animated series did a great job with pretty much everything, so. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so then let's let's go um All right. Let's Other... go Let's go a little... Let's go a little... Let's go a little more goofy and go Killer Croc. Um, He's been in the Suicide Squad a lot lately, actually.
1: Uh, Croc is one of those guys who is the... He's he's the other end from Scarecrow. He is meant to be a fully physical threat to Batman. Because I was in this quarry, see? And he's getting closer and closer. But... And and the twist on that for Croc is, you know, being apparently part crocodile, so you have the aspect of water playing into it. You know,
0: that's, a, that's the story I thought of, was um, the Almost Got Him, and it's like, and then what? I threw a rock at him!
1: I threw a rock at him! But that him. wasn't
0: even Croc telling that story, it was Batman it telling wasn't. that story as Croc. <laughs> I
1: know, but it was there no one questioned that croc would tell that story
0: he actually has so. one of the best episodes in the animated series though when he like falls in with like those circus <clears throat> freaks
2: oh, oh yeah, yeah. He's, he was almost having like a a heel face turn basically he he kind of was accepted by the freaks and they gave him like a as the trope goes a morality pet and that the little boy yeah yeah uh yeah it, that was a great episode i mean we could say that about you know, two or three dozen episodes of Batman: The Animated Series. Like I, I think it's arguable. Like it didn't have a bad episode to the show. Some episodes were just amazing, while other ones were just merely very good.
1: Just yeah. not as good. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Croc's a yeah, absolutely a fun villain.
0: And I think, I think um, the most tragic of Batman villains, I think, would be Victor Freeze. Yeah.
1: Well, going back to the animated series again, he wasn't until the series changed him, changed him up, uh, to to his tragic backstory.
0: You know, because before really, that,
1: he was just like a Captain Cold kind of thing.
0: He's really more of a. He is in the comics, but like he's much more prevalent in other media. And in the comics, he really doesn't show up that much. The Riddler's kind of the same way. I mean, the Riddler's shown up more in recent years, but the Riddler. Um, the riddler is very much like not as big in the comics as he was in other realms
2: yeah riddler um riddler is interesting to me because i always liked him um and i think i think as a child probably I, i didn't read that many comics uh when i was really little just because i didn't have access to like old comic books and I was little like my parents if they were going to buy me something they'd they'd most likely buy me a toy not necessarily a comic book it wasn't really until like I was kind of edging into like my teenage years is when I started really reading I would occasionally get comic books from like I don't know like a yard sale um but they didn't have a lot of Riddler comics that I read my first exposure was probably the Riddler from the old uh Adam West Batman 60s show (laughs) yeah which obviously that that Riddler is like way over the top uh, and campy but uh, they've really done some some kind of interesting stuff with with the different char- uh, characterizations of the Riddler over the years. Like in the comic books, he's gone from a villain. There was a period of time when he was kind of like trying to be reformed and become like a, a private detective. Yes, the
0: Paul Denny, the Paul Denny Detective <laughs> Comics run. Like that was, a re- I really love yeah, that Riddler.
2: That was that was a really fascinating version of him. Uh, in other media, they've kind of taken kind of different different tactics too where they've had him be less of a mastermind and more of like a kind of deranged or flat out psychotic uh, character like in the in the batman uh the most recent like batman arkham video games he Mm -hmm. is he is still kind of like a a mastermind But he plays a lot of uh a lot of games and, and, and riddles with batman but he's also kind of presented as very mentally unstable Mm-hmm. Uh, then you have like the show Gotham. I don't know if either of you've watched any of that show. It's on
0: my to-do list, but I have not.
2: That ran for like, I think five seasons. The first season was like, eh, cause they were trying to like establish stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you have to accept the fact that even though it's allegedly set in like bat, like when Batman was a kid, it's, it's like pre-Batman. It's also very, uh, it's kind of like anachronistic and it's also like, it's, it's obviously, it's essentially set in some sort of alternate reality because you'll have characters drive cars that look to be like from the 1970s and yet they'll, they'll be using like cell phones, but you don't see a lot of people using like computers and things like that. It's like a really weird, like mix of things. But anyway, they have Riddler start off as like a, not a hero or villain. He just, he works in the Gotham city PD as like a coroner. And over the course of the show, he becomes like increasingly psychotic to the point where the Riddler is like a, a, a split personality of his, and it's it starts off very weird, but it actually does get more fascinating. And maybe that's because the actor who played him uh, did a pretty good job of actually with he did a pretty good job of kind of like taking you through the the character's journey. So it's, it's interesting. And then in, I don't know if you've seen the previews for the upcoming Batman movie uh, with. What's this face? Oh, <laughs> the Twilight. You know, I don't the trailer I actually I'm such a Batman nerd. Like I I'm such a fanboy. Like I will I will watch that at some point.
0: I didn't like the I didn't uh, like the I don't like the suit. Uh
2: yeah, the suit's kind of like off. The
0: suit the suits, but, the suit to me is almost mm-hmm. as important as the actor.
2: Mhm.
0: And um the suit's really not doing it for me.
2: Yeah but uh the is supposed to be the main villain in that one and the way they're presenting him is that it's he, he's again he's almost like a uh he's essentially supposed to be like a serial killer but they're presenting him almost like the zodiac killer like the real life zodiac killer where he's masked and he's leaving clues it's it's um i don't know it looks fascinating to me like i actually would i would be compelled to watch it
1: that's something um that was kind of waiting the to- to say something about but I, i've enjoyed there's some people played around with the idea that the riddler is he doesn't leave clues because you know he thinks the a game it's, it's like a compulsion for him you know he he there's something driving him that he has to do it mm. and so that at least to me is way more interesting than just like oh batman can you come find what i'm going to do um uh, and that's you know the the fact that he knows that he does this so he's trying to make it as opaque as possible to so whatever he's planning doesn't get ruined but you know then you're dealing with batman so the, the point is for batman to figure it out um that at least to me is really you know it's really interesting uh, take on it that you get you get to see explored a little bit the them handling it like a zodiac thing is honestly kind of fascinating to me um, in that uh you know that they're drawing those parallels I guess I should say okay
0: I'm about to go I'm gonna go weird with the next one for us
1: the, this Maxi Zeus
0: no but they this is equal and they did show up in the animated <laughs> series once. The terrible trio of Fox, Vulture, and Shark.
2: Oh wow, mm, that's um, really kind of a... That's almost like a deep dive because I, I think I barely remember them from the comics. They, I think they, didn't, they only showed they to, were in the. What, go ahead.
0: They kind of they kind of phase them out post Crisis, but I think they kind of have gotten hurt by everything having to be like, big epic stuff now when they're really more of it. Like, they're good for, like, a one-shot thing because what they are, if um, if you don't know who they are, is they're pretty much, like, these... They started out as inventors, and I think they've changed them over time to just being, like, privileged, like, younger men that are just kind of, like, thrill-seeking.
1: hmm Yeah, that's what I know them as, is the, um... Basically, they're bored... So them like doing robberies and stuff is how they get their kicks.
2: I remember them they had the one didn't they had the one episode of uh Batman the Animated Series? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think they ep- were they were in weren't they in the Nightfall um storyline? I, so. I think so. I think they were?
1: They were I'm trying to... I can't remember exactly what the um, conditions were. Because there was something about it. Either they faced up against Asbats, or Bruce ended up letting them go because they weren't a priority. Um,
0: I think the Bruce letting them go because they weren't a priority uh, ring's
1: true with me okay because I'm I'm grasping here because I couldn't remember if it was which one it was or if it was like Asriel beats the high holy crap out of them and then um, turns around It you know he's getting ready to like just finish them off and then he turns and walks away so he has kind of this morality moment but that's one of them, but it, it may not have been them, and now I can't figure out who it would have been. But that just
0: shows... But that's of, okay. That kind of, like, just shows the the depth, I think, of his role gallery. Sure. And then I think I think a very important villain who I don't think they've used much, but he did have roles on and off, is, like, Joe Chill.
1: Yeah. Um, that was theorized be the one that that shot um bruce and martha wayne right
0: right you did bring up okay. a good one though because i just saw i just read something with him it might have been a neil adams one because i've been reading those collections but uh maxi zeus which is a uh, he's kind of a guy with um he kind of started off like i guess the word is cosplaying is like a greek god and like over the years his. um his sanity is kind of eroded and he's bought into the gimmick too far.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's believing his own hype and hey, he's another one of those like um, C-list or, or filler villains because is there anything wrong with that? No, it's just a question of, okay, what did Zeus get his hands on this time? And we have to, you know, we got to keep our eyes on him. Just I'm gonna, I'm gonna run through a couple of names real quick just for people that presented different challenges um, to to Batman Clock King Ventriloquist uh, You know you can go Toothface Hush Mad Hatter um, Obviously one of my if you listened before one of my favorites Bane Hugo Strange they all present different challenges and in a lot of cases you can have a batman's rogues gallery you could you could very much just say it's like oh you know they just made a they made a new villain for a new mental illness um and uh, you wouldn't be wrong
0: <laughs> i have a soft spot for ventriloquist yeah i think they killed the original off in the comics though and moved him to yeah,
1: i know that there is a there's a successor
0: but he actually—they kicked off um, zero hour with a, with a, ventriloquist story.
1: Did they?
0: He like in a DC Comics present. It was it was something with him and Scarface in jail or something.
1: I'd have to go look that up. I don't remember. But in any event, here we here we are. We've got you know this array of things that are a different challenge. You know, uh- it's not. I do Can wanna, you punch them down all the time?
0: I want. I want to throw one in there, and he actually is kind of important because I believe he was important in one of the best Batman stories, with the Calendar Man.
1: Calendar
2: mm. Man.
0: Yeah.
2: Yep. The Long Halloween. Yep. Yeah, that's he. That's a really. That's a good one. That um, is a fa- absolutely fantastic story. For people who've not so long since I've read that, I need to read it again. For people who have not read that, I highly recommend it. Uh, I'm going to look it up. I'm going to bet. I'm going to bet you that the collection is easily available on Amazon. Let me see.
0: You can get it on Comixology and it goes on sale a lot for like five dollars.
2: Uh, you know what? I would uh, I would say throw your money towards Comicsology. Uh, they dis- they discovered more than you know big box retailer Amazon. Mm-hmm. Well,
0: I mean amazon owns comicsology
2: oh well <laughs> never mind then
1: so do you want a digital copy or a paper you can copy? Get it. that's what it <laughs> breaks
0: down you can to. get it for 10 bucks on on kindle and comicsology looking at it on amazon right now and in paperback it's maybe it's expensive in paperback they have it for 20 if you have a local comic shop go see what it costs there i'd say
1: yeah, they may have a copy that's been sitting around a while. and They want to get moving.
0: And there's a sequel to that called Dark Victory, but it's not as good. The covers were cool at the time, though.
1: It's always a shame to have a sequel that doesn't follow up
0: real well. Oh yeah, um, Frank Miller, looking at you.
1: <laughs> okay, that's so that's a lot Dark of Dark Knight Two villainy.
0: turned into Frank the. Cra- Would you say Frank the crazy hobo?
1: Uh, the oh gosh, that was All Star Batman, um, which was which was Steve the crazy hobo who found a Batman costume. Oh, okay.
0: Also, I yeah. do I do want to throw him in there because he should be he should belong in the Rogues Gallery because he's annoying and should be. But I'm gonna throw Batmite in there.
1: Oh yeah, because
0: he is the Batman, Mister Mixel Plick
1: we're going to run into a whole thing about even saying that guy's name. So we'll Actually, get there.
0: Three of these teams have a Mixel click on their squad because he's got Batmite, Superman has Mixel click and the fantastic four have the impossible man.
1: Well, my pro, I, I keep using, um, from the animated series. I refer to him in the way Gilbert Gottfried broke it down, which is Mitzat like
0: I don't know how to say it. It's, it's too complicated. Uh,
1: yeah, it's supposed to be that way. But ever since, <laughs> you hear, up, no, 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 it's Mitzat Spetlake. And he's like, but the only way you can get me to leave is get me to say it backwards. Well, how do you do that? So, Pitsy Sim, no, you know. That's a he. That
0: that was a perfect casting for him.
1: Yeah. Oh my God, that was amazing. Well,
0: let's go into Superman. That's I think that's the genius of that character. Like I think someone that's not into the comics bubble um, would kind of sneer at him at first because he is like a ridiculous character, but he is a cool character because it forces Superman to behave differently.
1: He's a different challenge. He, he is. He is not Clark, you punched it so hard kind of thing.
0: Yeah, it's, he's in that
1: because
0: Superman has a There's a there's a there's a category of Superman villains that hamstring him nicely. So Miss Mixelplik, um, Titano is a good um, is a good handicap for Superman, even though he doesn't talk titano if uh, if matt matt's probably like crossing his eyes right now is the giant monkey
1: mm. <laughs> that the, especially i the, had to look him up
0: well that's the one like so in the, he's in the animated series he's the one that Bobo Bukowski's getting mad at and i think chastising for doing something <laughs> which which there, i i would love for one day to do an episode on my favorite supporting characters, just so Shad and I can talk about Bibbo Bukowski because I love him so much.
1: <laughs> Good old Bibbo.
0: Was that? Um, I, I, I he he was voiced by was it Brad Maddox that did him?
1: Yeah, um,
0: Brad Garrett. Brad Garrett. Yeah, was that?
1: Brad Maddox is a whole different ball of wax.
0: I, I I couldn't remember his last name, but it's so, a. Br- so Garrett did his voice because that sounds like that would fit. Yeah.
1: Okay. That yeah.
0: um, yeah, was right. Let's see. So then we also have we're we're, we're of course putting Lex Luthor aside because we've talked about him previously. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, and check him off. Parasite. I mean. It,
0: um,
1: yeah, parasites. Parasites fun because he's a a challenge for Superman in that all of a sudden there's this the new handicap is Superman can't touch him and he can't heat vision. him. And so it's like, well, what do you do now? And it depends on, on the context of it, but the, you know, you can have a lot of fun with parasite.
0: Now, can we, do we consider dark side to be a Superman villain or is he more of a generalized?
1: I would consider dark side to be a, just kind of an, adversary to the entire dcu who do you most commonly see him squared up against as a single person superman but
2: well yeah because i mean superman is probably like the most most powered of of all the heroes in the dc universe so it it does make sense yeah
1: but it's uh, Darkseid's not he, he he's more of a a universal threat now especially yeah. in recent years
0: can, can we talk about just briefly have you guys read the issue where um i think the guy's name was sleaze was like mind controlling them and had superman and big bar to make a porno
2: <laughs> oh
1: god i know what you're talking about Oh God!
0: i have to find yeah. the issue this was like i think it was a john byrne um, issue It was
1: 70 early 70s No
0: this was like this is post crisis This is really early in post crisis so I want to say 87 oh, wow. or 88
1: Oh wow
0: I I think it was actually I, I, It had to have been Action Comics because I think Action Comics Was like still a team up book at the time Okay And But Sleaze was like a um, Apocalypse Person
1: Oh yeah that he yeah. That's right. Because he got kicked out because he was messing with the Furies, I think. Yeah. And Granny didn't like that. Yeah.
0: It, it, just as a side, as an aside, I've really grown to think that Granny Goodness is a is a very underrated villain.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, she she certainly is. Was it I, was,
0: was was Granny Ed Asner in the animated series?
1: I don't think so. Uh,
2: that sounds right. I'm looking I mean, it up because
1: yeah, I was just thinking about that. But I, I didn't think it was Asner. Uh, clicky, clicky, clicky. Looking for it, looking for it. Uh, the I, I'll, the Son of Darkseid arc. Well, no, it's, that started as a what if. Yeah. Yeah, voiced um, by Ed Asner. Yeah. Okay, I was wrong. I was wrong. I enjoyed the Son of Darkseid storyline. Um, like I said, it started as a as a what if, but then there have been versions where it wasn't. Um, Orion's sequ- a
0: really, Orion's probably Orion's probably up there. I I'd say my favorite Jack Kirby DC creation is Mister Miracle. But Orion's mm. up
1: there. Mm, I don't know if I, I'd put Orion in the firmly in the rogues gallery or not.
0: No, I'm just saying I'm just saying general character wise. Oh, okay. Like, um I like gotcha. there I have a real love of Mr. Miracle. Mm-hmm. Um he's up there like so I have like I think we've talked about it before, but I have a real love of offbeat characters, and like two of my favorite offbeat DC characters are Deadman and Mister Miracle.
1: I know you've mentioned Deadman before, um, but yeah, they're they're definitely not on the beaten path, no. so to speak. Now, some others that I just I'm going to run through them real quick because their their threat to Superman is uh is all pretty similar but uh bizarro general zod eradicator um those are all good examples of someone who's just brawn versus brawn doomsday just started out as a plot device and then kind of ended up as a character
0: and doomsday i can take or leave bizarro is an endless one of my favorite issues of superman is where he goes to like bizarro world and there's like bizarro batman and all the other ones
2: mm. i remember that i think i had a an old uh episode not old episode old issue where it had it had like the bizarro all those bizarro characters mm-hmm. like the bizarro justice league essentially yeah yeah
0: i love bizarre and the, the bizarro memes are always like are always <laughs> funny
1: um, I like General Zod mainly for the Richard Donner movie. Not, not, not even so much anywhere else. But just you know, just playing that up so big. He was My good. Favorite...
0: I like the 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 way they did them in the animated series. I thought was really good.
1: Mhm. It was.
0: And he, they've uh, done some good comic stories with him in like the last. Twenty years, I feel like the comics have finally kind of like figured out, like, oh, we should like do something with him.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, some others that my favorite brawny opponent, Superman, and but I think it's up for debate about whether or not he. It it would be up for debate if he's a Superman villain or someone else is Mongol. And I lean into that. I would lean into him
0: as a GL villain personally.
1: My counterpoint to that is going to be for the man who has everything.
0: Well, yeah. I think that's going to be here.
1: Yeah. Um, other other characters, Metallo is kind of of that vein and kind of not. Toyman, um, in the mid-90s, took a strange turn. Well, not strange. He took a real dark turn uh, as a Superman villain. Um, here's one. Here's a here's a real weird one. You guys remember Conduit?
0: Yes.
2: <laughs> um, I, th- the name sounds familiar.
1: Yeah, Kenny Braverman was Clark Kent's best friend growing up, and then somewhere along the lines, he discovered that Clark was Superman, and he was he was so bitter because he's like, I it wasn't fair. I wasn't getting beat by Clark. I was getting beat by Superman. So he sought out, like, the Kryptonian technology from the birthing matrix and integrated it into into himself. So he's got, like, cables and this this suit and, like, Kryptonite into it. Uh, but he's really only got one arc. <laughs> um, we are forgetting a really big member of the Superman gallery in Brainiac.
0: Yeah, Brainiac's a good one. I... I tend to like the more robotic brainiac from the pre crisis though.
1: The silver one with the, uh, the the robo brain dome skull thing?
0: Yeah, and they had like kind of this squiddy like shippy flew around it and I like that one better.
2: Yeah. I I, I do as well, and that was the uh, I don't know what what era you would uh, you would Given that one is that like Silver Age,
0: no, um, uh, Brainiac. Uh, that would be br- Bronze Age, Bronze into the Iron Age. I don't know. I don't know what the Iron Age falls into because it gets a little dicey after that.
2: Yeah. Definitely, like it was like 80s uh, version of Brainiac yeah. because uh, that that particular version of him came out uh, in the DC Superpowers toy line. And I had that one, and I didn't even yeah. know—I uh, do not even know who Brainiac was—in uh, in terms of like the comic books. But I just felt like he looked just demonic. He looked like yeah. scary.
1: He was very a... his his design was so good. that He was very clearly a villain. I, I had yeah. that one too. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I think um, he's more of a Legion guy, but I'm going to include him with Superman because in the post-Crisis, he essentially did in Crypto and Superboy for good, but the Timekeeper.
1: he has memory hold on me
0: he was like a legion guy might might be the time no I'm thinking I think it was a timekeeper but like they did like that special where they, they put Superboy like Superboy was in like a time bubble and then to like save everyone he had to like use the gold kryptonite and it Stripped him and crypto of their powers, and then crypto disappeared for like a long time. It was they did that when they were trying to like simplify. Brad, yeah,
2: time trapper,
0: time trapper. Okay, that's right.
2: Yeah, now I do, that, I that do remember the time money. trapper.
0: Yeah,
1: what did you call him, Brad?
0: Timekeeper, time keeper.
1: So he was the that's time that trapper off, keeper.
0: Yeah. No, you know what's screwing me up though is like the, the past master from um swat cats.
1: Oh, um, wow. I haven't heard that name in a long that, time. That was what was
0: screwing me up because they were too similar.
1: Okay. I do like the Time Trapper Keeper, though.
0: Yes. But he's <laughs> more. He's more. He's honestly, like. If I was really going to classify him, I would say he's a Legion villain, but he did play an important part in, like, the post-crisis Superman.
1: Sure. Um. Oh, we're forgetting uh, two potentials to add to it.
0: How about Livewire? Now the question.
1: Well, that that wasn't who I was thinking of, but Livewire's is a good good addition. Uh, I was going to say Brian Singer and Richard Pryor, but
0: oh, um, that,
2: that joke fell flat. Silver so.
0: Banshee is a big one.
2: Yeah. Hmm. Have we talked about this? Is a, a weird aside. Have we talked about Superman three, the movie? Oh god. I no. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not a good movie. No. Not at, not at all, but it, it when I was like a kid they aired they aired it on like TV cuz you know they would all, back in the day like before there was cable like you, they would always you'd they actually would show big time movies on like the network channels. Yeah. You get like a movie every like I don't know, like every Sunday night or something like that. Yeah. And they aired at some point they aired Superman three and it's a bad movie. It's not a good movie, but that one scene where the computer grabs Robert Vaughn's sister and turns her into a cyborg and her eyes are like all white. You see like just whites of the eyes mm-hmm. and her skin is gray and she's like monstrous. That. Scared the shit out of me as a kid. Like I turned, I turned the TV off. I'm like, I cannot finish watching this movie. It's so scary. And watching it as an adult, I'm like, this is dumb. Why was I ever scared (laughs) at this? But as a kid, it was so creepy.
0: The only it was
2: like a it was a it was a weird tone shift for an otherwise like incredibly
0: bad movie. The only thing worse, like sequel wise, than that is Highlander Mm. two. Where they go into, like, the future. Ooh. It's it's bad.
1: Oh. No, it's just Orbital Wobble.
0: Yeah, so I'm going to move us on to The Flash, because... Um, okay. okay. Now, I would not say The Flash has the best rogues gallery, but I think he has the most um, personally developed set of rogues out there. with, Because, uh, ironically, well, unironically, they're called the rogues. And this would be Captain Cold, uh, Heatmaster... Mirror Master, uh, Weather Wizard. Captain Boomerang can be in and out of that. The Pied Piper who really kind of... During the Wall years, Pied Piper is really more of a of a good guy. And I think later there was a secondary Pied Piper that the two of them didn't like each other. But um, mm-hmm. they're an interesting group because they're they're kind of in it for... Uh,
1: trickster. trickster. Don't leave Trickster uh, out.
0: Trickster. They're kind of in it for the, the, the sport of, like, messing with the Flash and trying to get one over on him. Like, they they screwed this up in recent years because Dan Didio is an idiot and doesn't know um, how to write anything but a singular type of comic and force, like, everyone at DC to, like, adhere to that. But in the olden days, they were not killers. They were strictly against it. They were there to make some money and to screw with the Flash along the way. And that's, like, what their existence was. And honestly, like... (laughs) in in certain situations they almost had a friendly relationship with Barry and Wally on the side.
1: Yeah. I loved the um, I-, I loved the idea that they were the, the, the sheepdog and the wolf from the, the Looney Tunes comics almost. Um that, that's that was his relationship with uh, at least that set of rogues. Yeah. Not all of them, because like that wasn't happening with I don't know Grodd or uh, Zoom or Thinker. But <sighs> sorry about that. Couldn't hit the mute button fast enough.
2: I would um, I would argue. I think the Flash villains are pretty great. I would argue that like on their face, they they seem kind of like B and C level villains. They're not like top tier villains. But the way that they have been written, consistently written in the comic books, has been fantastic. Like they have been written top tier, and they just made—they've made them by and large just very compelling. And the dynamic they have, both with each other and with Flash, has usually been fantastic.
1: Yeah,
0: because especially like when they've done like the miniseries. What was that thing where they—they they were all on like a different planet, and the Rogues had like their side issue and they weren't like actually taking a side with any of the villains like they just wanted to get off the off the planet and they were actually almost this, this is like the mid 2000s
2: was this part of like one of the big crossovers I think so was it Salvation
0: Run yeah Salvation Run Salvation Run
2: okay yeah that was during the final crisis
0: yeah so they they almost like at times do not like coexist with the other dc villains because their their goals are lesser and just kind of more mundane if you want to be honest about it
1: well and they have a moral code um it came up during blackest night that they told uh boomerang too that like rogues don't kill women and children that doesn't work um like they 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 and the other rule is like you don't kill flash like you know if we're going to do this that's fine but you know we don't try and kill Flash. Like, they, they have this this honor code that is... You know, it, it turns it almost into a competition as opposed to a deadly struggle, and that's a lot of fun to read.
0: They're actually... They're almost like, as Bobby Heenan would call them, they're kind of just ham and egger nine-to-fivers. Like, they're kind of just doing... They're kind of just... They're kind of like they're honestly like they, they they did screw them up once they had them kill Bart Allen. I don't know why they did that because they're idiots. Yeah. But they're they're kind of just dudes trying to like they're just kind of just like your average everyday schlub that that came across something that gives them a power, trying to make a living and have some kicks while they're doing it.
1: They did. I'm going I'm to reference the the animated stuff again, but the one episode they did with them was this nice encapsulation of it. Um, and if you ever, if, if you want to get a, a nice kind of overview of Flash's relationship with the Rogues, look that one up, because they, they do a great job.
2: Uh, that, just a, a side bit, that, uh, that miniseries, Salvation Run, written uh, by Bill Willingham.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, who has written? He's most famous for fables. If you are not yeah. familiar with him, oh, okay. but okay. fables is a fantastic series. He also so. did. He uh, had, had a really competent writer.
0: Hmm? He also did Day of Vengeance and um, Shadow Pact.
1: Yeah, all oh, those were so good.
0: Arguably, arguably, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go out of limb and say he's written the best detective chimp out of any writer ever. <laughs>
1: Detective Chimp is great.
0: I love Detective
1: Chimp. I I saw a panel the other day um, that someone had posted somewhere where Batman's standing there watching something. All of a sudden, Detective Chimp's sitting next to him. How did you find me? He goes, look, you have certain places you go to. Whether you mean to or not, you kind of form this routine. You were going to be here at this time. I knew that. So here I am. And Batman's... Batman just kind of glowers at him because he's like, "Crap! I didn't think anybody would figure that out."
0: Was uh, was Chimp like five beers in while he was explaining that?
1: He didn't have anything to hand, but he had his deer stacker, stalker cap on. So they're sitting on they're sitting on top of like this this uh, church bell tower. But uh,
0: so do, okay, oh which do you want to do next? Do You want to do Green Lantern or the Titans next?
1: Ooh. I have a lot more Green Lantern notes than Titans. So, so do, Titans do with here. that what you will. Let's do Titans right.
0: So, I'm just gonna list off. Uh, so, I think Deathstroke would be their like premier top level villain who, um, who yeah. really, in the comics, he really has a great reason for hating them that I don't think any of the outside media's ever gone into. So, like, um, Deathstroke has several children that get involved with the Titans over the years, obviously. But how he first like really shows up is his son takes out a contract against the Titans, and while fighting them, I think he has like a heart attack and dies. This is like the second issue. Do you remember Matt? Have you read it before?
2: Uh, I don't. I don't know. So anyway, it's his, not ringing a bell. His
0: son, his son takes out a contract on him. He dies in the process. I think he, he dies of like natural causes. So Destro blames the Titans for it. And that's kind yeah. of how their rivalry starts.
1: He His resurgence after the Titans reformed with Tim Drake and Bart Allen and um, some others who I can't conjure off the top of my head at it the moment. It was
0: like Cyborg, Starfire, and Beast Boy. You're talking about the Jeff Johns run, right?
2: Uh, Probably. So
0: it's, it's Cyborg, Starfire, and Beast Boy essentially like mentoring... Tim Drake, Robin, Bart Allen, Impulse, um, Connor, Superboy, and Connor Cassie, and
1: Ca- Kyle Rayner.
0: Cassie, no, no, no
1: Kyle, Kyle was before that. And,
0: and then Kyle was Cassie. Before that. Cassie um, Wonder Girl was that group.
1: Yeah, you're right. You're right. I'm sorry. Kyle was was before that. Um, yeah, and he his first appearance, I think. Um, Bart runs around the corner straight into him, and Deathstroke looks at him, puts a shotgun to his knee, and says, kids shouldn't wear masks, and then, blam, there we go. Yeah. It, it, it's just like, oh my gosh. All of a sudden, like Deathstroke is beating the tar out of the Titans, trying to make the point that they're too young to be doing this. It's like, wow, that is that is wow okay we've got a whole new twist
0: so then um so his protege that's like really the big titan story is Terra, who like joins the titans and turns on them um i think that's Mm -hmm. the story everyone knows then there is trigon who is raven's father yeah um he would probably be like their big earth shattering bad guy then there is hive and then brother blood would be the
2: hive yeah yeah. Brother
0: Blood would be, like, within the Hive thing, but he's, like, a big proponent of that. Then you have the Fearsome Five, which is, like, Gizmo, Mammoth, Dr. Light, Simon, and... I don't remember the, the girl's name. Jinx? Jinx, yeah.
1: Yep, you're right.
0: And then you would have Starfire's sister, who's Blackfire. Yep. So, I think, I think they actually... They have some lesser ones and, like, some Silver Age ones that famously showed up in, like, the TV show. One of my favorite episodes is with the the Ding Dong Daddy and um, (laughs) Killer Killer Moth making Robin take his daughter to prom.
1: They had a lot of... Okay, I don't really care for Teen Titans Go, but the original run of Titans they had a lot of fun with, and they did a really
2: good
0: job. The original job. The original Titans series is brilliant, in my
2: opinion. It's 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 very good. It's not quite as good, obviously, as like Batman: The Animated Series or, or Justice League,
0: mm-hmm. but
2: it is quality. It, it's pr- yeah. very very strong. I was um, I mean it's 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 meant for a different audience, but I really didn't like what they did with Teen Titans Go. I didn't. Like, it's just you have a really great show, and then you. It's, this is such a degradation of that
0: lowest common denominator. It treat I, I feel like it treats its audience like it's stupid.
1: I think they're just aiming for a much younger demographic, <laughs> and that's what they opted to do. And you know what? That means it's just not I, for me. I used and to
0: play. Fine. I used to. I, it's still true to some degree, but less. So I used to play a game with Cartoon Network, which was. I'm going, it is not Adult Swim Hours. I'm going to turn the TV on and see if Teen Titans Go is on. (laughs) This is actually, I actually play a similar game with the local Hard Rock station of, I'm going to turn this station on and see if Metallica is playing right now. (laughs) And you would not want to know how often that game pans out to be true.
2: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I will say, um... I will say this, for Teen Titans Go, like, I, I generally don't like it, but I will give them credit for something that they did a few years back, which is, to me, like, it was completely bizarre that they did this, um, uh-huh. but it is fascinating, and I will, I, I did find it, like, really weird and compelling.
1: Uh-huh.
2: At the end of the fourth season, I believe, they did a miniseries. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh, that was called the day the night stopped beginning to shine and became dark, even though it was <laughs> the day, <laughs> which is like, what? Like, it's a mouthful. Yeah. But the premise is that Cyborg has a favorite song called The Night Begins to Shine. Okay. And somehow he gets trapped into an alternate uh, reality or an alternate dimension where okay. there is an evil dragon who wants to uh, take that song and to take music and use it as a weapon against uh, everyone else. And the other Titans have to go save them from this alternate reality, and they recruit like real-life celebrity musicians, like Fallout Boys in there, uh, like CeeLo Green. And it, it's just absolutely weird, because it's, the, the show effectively becomes like a 1970s style uh, rock opera. okay. And, it literally is like this is a kids show, and I have no idea where they're going with it 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 right. all of a sudden becomes like just absolutely weird, bizarre psychedelic rock opera uh-huh so I will give them credit for doing something like incredibly different uh yeah. with the show, but otherwise, I'm not really a fan of the show it's
1: it's 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 not it's it's not aimed for me, and you know what that's that's fine, I don't need for it to be um. On the Green Lantern front, I'm going to pull my list real quick because this list gets – not only does it get big, but it gets um, pretty intense pretty fast. Now, what I I'm,
2: will say I've got a lot of thoughts on Green Lantern villains. Okay,
1: um, What I'm going to do is I'm, I'm going to try and go with ones that were uh, opponents of Green Lanterns in general. So I'm not going to drop, like, Major Force, because that was pretty strictly a Kyle villain. Um, I'm going to go with, with the Lanterns in general, which is probably going to end up b- being more about Hal than anybody else. But Hal's kind of had the longest run on it. But uh, so some name you know, Sinestro, Atrocitus, Larflees, the Manhunters, Krona. Um, or entropy, depending on when you're reading it. Uh, Parallax, uh, the other Lantern cores, you know, kind of fit with with Sinestro, Atrocitus and Larf Lees. Um The man, I said, the Manhunters. Here's here's one that's he started out as a Superman villain, but he is pretty firmly settled in the uh, in the Green Lantern uh, list. Is uh, Hank Henshaw, the Cyborg Superman?
2: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Um, and then. Another one that came out of, um, infinite crisis, but has ended up in the green lantern listing is Superboy prime prime. Mm-hmm. And then Necron slash black hand. Um, there's a list for you. Now I'm going to, I'm going to stop because you said you had thoughts and I won't give you an opportunity.
2: Well, I, to get it. So I was never, not that I was, uh, I didn't like the character, but I was never like that big of a green lantern fan growing up. Um, <laughs> and I, I, I didn't feel like his his villains were necessarily that compelling i mean you had like star sapphire you had uh like hector hammond um and you I did have sinestro that right, no. was a it you had sinestro who was but you had a probably like a, a, a more tame version of sinestro versus compared to like actually how he became yeah uh but then in what would you say like the the early 2000s or the mid-2000s at least once they started getting into like the final crisis and like war of the Rings and stuff like that oh, yeah. I felt his villain his villain rogues gallery just exploded and became yeah. absolutely fascinating and I there was a time period where probably like what 12 15 years ago when the whole um maybe maybe even less than that maybe only like about 10 years ago when the whole uh the the different uh cores you had the Sinestro became, core war yeah. and then you had the war of light yeah and they the those became incredibly popular mm-hmm. like they became some of the most popular stuff like the hottest stuff out there in comic books at the time like i remember like i owned a t-shirt for like the Sinestro core i owned like a black uh black hand t-shirt i owned uh, I think I own like the, the red core too. Like I, I had several t-shirts and they I, were really okay. popular.
1: I have to admit something. Mm-hmm. First of all, I do have, I do have a black lantern shirt somewhere, but, uh, on my desk right now, I have a handmade red lantern core emblem. Um, I have a handmade blue lantern core emblem that is on a costume that I had made, and I have all of the promotional rings from the War of Light sitting on another part of my desk too. So, uh, yeah, to say that was big is very fair. The other thing about those uh, is that that those storylines, Sinestro Core War and the War of Light, were huge, not just because it's like, oh, you know, we've got this crazy like galactic conflict between first the green lantern core and then the yellow lantern core and then all these other cores come in but how much expansive world building took place very quickly and i'm going to say very well in those arcs and so sinestro core war feeds into war of light feeds into darkest night yeah
2: there we go it it was like seamless yeah, and I, 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 think, I think I've become fatigued with the whole big major storylines. Yeah, but I, 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 just wasn't with that. I felt yeah. like that was just so well done.
1: <laughs> that is one of the two examples I would hold up of Jeff Johns at his finest.
2: Yeah, I was going to say, like, didn't didn't Johns actually write most of that stuff? Oh yeah, which is why well, it was so good and it had like a lot of consistency.
1: It does Johns falls victim to what I call continuity wank. Um, where it's like, oh, do you remember this guy? Now here he is, and you're just like, God, really, did we need that? But in Sinestro Core War, War of Light, and and like e- just in the Sinestro Core, the first time you see the leadership of the Sinestro Core revealed, it's Sinestro, it's um it's uh Superboy Prime, it's the Parallax possessed Kyle Rayner and it's the Anti-Monitor. And you're just like, wait, what? And it makes, and the the chief member of the Black Lantern Corps was Black Hand, who was this piddly villain from back in the 70s, but it makes sense, and all of these callbacks and these things he reaches for make sense, and when he does the the Darkest Night, all of a sudden, all of these, these characters who have died and come back plays against them and all of these callbacks and that sort of stuff. Like you said, it works and, um, it's, it's, it's really good reading. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's, it's, yeah, that's, that's, (laughs) there is just so much and that doesn't even pull into effect the things like, you know, the guardians, Kind of being an adversary for their own Lantern Corps sometimes, or um, Krona's effort at capturing all of the uh, the core entities and that sort of stuff. Um, there, I mean, there's a there is a lot. Oh yeah, um, Cyborg Superman was in the Sinestro Corps too. There's just there's a lot, um, but it man it it just like you said it just works. There are some that don't. Um, in Kyle's run, Graven popped up. And as it turned, Graven was, was a son of Darkseid. Not, he didn't live on apocalypse like, um, you know, Calibac or, uh, well, Orion was part of the trade with new Genesis, but like Graven was just kind of something that happened while Darkseid was conquering worlds. And then it's like, no, I'm going to do that. turns out Graven's kind of a chump. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so not all of it really worked, but some of it did. And um, you know, fatality pops up in there, and and Mongol shows up. I loved Mongol's appearance. Um, and uh, and and that Mongol Mongol actually shows up in, somewhere in the Sinestro Court thing, and like takes Sinestro rings from everybody, so he's got like ten of them. Mm -hmm. all right uh okay so um that was our dc side where do we go from here um well (laughs) obviously the marvel side but where do we start
0: well i was actually going to audible us since we're gonna this is gonna be Uh two-parter anyway i figured why don't we just do the dc bracket for this episode and then we can just do all the marvel together in the final next week gotcha so,
2: yeah, mm. okay.
0: So the way this breaks down is um, our play our our, our play in game is the Teen Titans or screen Lantern.
1: Okay. I'll cast my vote now. I am way on the Lantern side here. I mean, the Titans have good stuff, but I'm so on the Lantern side.
2: So, again, if you had set, if you had asked me Green Lantern probably before, like, say, 2000, I probably would have chosen Teen Titans. But if you're asking me, like, you know, as of present date, I'd have to go Green Lantern because I feel like, to me, like all the different cores in particular, uh, in addition to a lot of the, I guess, his existing villains plus the the new villains, kind of the, some of the ones that you've mentioned. I haven't read a lot about uh, Graven and fatality I've, I've read some stuff with them but not a lot but they are interesting villains uh all of those characters like if you combine all of them together like i would actually i have to give the nod to green lantern i feel like he's had some really really compelling stuff and again it's almost unfair because jeff john's wrote uh, a lot of this stuff and made them compelling but mm-hmm. even so like he gets the nod in my book
0: yeah i'm gonna have to agree I think, I don't know, did you mention, like, the Manhunters?
2: Yeah. Oh, you know what, I, did we? I, I forgot. I, they I, were in my I, list. Yeah.
0: But even really, like, to go past what you mentioned, like, even the Guardians of the Galaxy, I mean, even the Guardians are kind of, like, um, bad guys now, or turned into bad guys.
1: They've, they've been off and on that um, over time for, for a long time. So,
0: but I think I think he just has like a more and like I said it is almost unfair because Jeff Johns spent like a decade kind of giving him new life as a franchise. <laughs> so, I guess that means Green Lantern is <laughs> moving on and uh yep. he is going to take on Batman in the next round, so oh, up next we yeah. have Green Lantern versus Batman. I'm going to go first on this one and um, for all those good things about the Green Lantern rogues gallery, I think really Batman is hard to top in any capacity um, when it comes to his rogues gallery. Just from top to bottom a lot of strong villains, a lot of variety in his villains. I just don't see like quantity or quality wise how Green Lantern stacks
2: up. Green Lantern. Uh, I am actually going to agree. If you, we, we were kind of like purposely handicapping it and not including Joker. I do think Joker is one of the most compelling villains in all of comic books. Mm-hmm. Uh, and obviously, like we could talk a lot about. It. We could t- do an entire show just on the different portrayals and characterizations of Joker. Yeah. Um, but beyond that, Batman has had a really varied and unique. Uh, list of villains like they're not all, you know, psychos. Uh, a lot of his villains are just they can be professional criminals. They can have uh, different motives. They're out. They're wildly different. Uh, I w- I would give the nod to Batman. Batman just has a lot of really compelling villains, and even like the ones that don't get a lot of uh, attention. That you've mentioned, like Calendar Man. Calendar Man is actually. Has they've done some really interesting stuff with Calendar Man, not very widely used villain, but they've made a they've made a guy whose obsession is, is holidays and calendars, and they made him a compelling character. So when you were able to kind of deconstruct and, and make something like that fascinating, I got to give that I got to give that the nod.
1: For me, this is actually the toughest matchup on the DC side. Um, mm-hmm. Is is the Lanterns? versus, uh, Batman, and they hit a lot of the same beats. Sinestro hits a different, you know, Sinestro is, you know, knows a lot of the stuff that, that any of the Lanterns know, and and Atrocitus is the, you know, pretty much the rage background kind of, you know, and you know, the competing cores and the Manhunters and the fact that the Guardians, who are basically their employers, are also their antagonist. Like, gosh, that is a huge and diverse and compelling set. The problem is, it's just not quite as diverse and compelling as the, the Batman rogues are. And this is like splitting the finest of hairs for me. Um, this is really hard to to separate out, but I, yeah, I've, I've got to go with, got to go with the bat.
0: Okay. So up next, uh, this is probably the tough one for me, but Superman versus Flash.
1: I, I'll start with this one. So I'll, I'll be quiet for a while, but superman versus flash we, we talked a lot about it flash has a great set of robes flash has and and they have a, a fun gimmick too right like quote unquote the rogues. we talked about you know with their honor code and everything and then you have the other villains you know zoom and grod uh you know and and to be honest the flash tv show was pretty good too um you know, you have speedsters that face him on his own his own footing, and you have people who challenge him in different ways, and that's it's good. And then a lot of them have a unique gimmick, and that's good too. But I just don't think it's as good um, and diverse as as Superman's pool is. So I got to give it to Big Blue.
2: I am actually going to go Flash uh i don't know something maybe it's maybe it's partly because i've never been as big of a superman fan uh so I, I haven't i haven't found him as compelling uh but i do i do appreciate flash i i like his villains i i didn't really mention him we we're discussing flash earlier but i do think that reverse flash and if you want to include zoom who's kind of like he he's the second reverse flash but i find Reverse Flash to be one of the more compelling villains out there in comics. Like I, I think that they've done some really fascinating stuff with them, and I think that the the, the Flash TV show started off quite good, but didn't really. It, it kind of has started to, to increasingly go downhill. I mean, since that, the first season,
0: but isn't that isn't that like the the CW formula is to have like a good first season that hooks you in and then perpetually disappoint you every season thereafter.
2: It's it's kind of a law of diminishing returns. Like my wife and I didn't finish the last half of this past season, uh, and I don't know. We'll, we'll probably go back at some point, but it just it, it wasn't that good. But I, I do generally feel like it's flash villains to me like are more, are more interesting and more compelling.
0: I'm kind of with Matt on this. Like. Um... I think, I think Superman has a lot of good villains like Lex Luthor, uh, you know, Brainiac, I think are really great villains. But if you were to give me like a book and say, hey, um, here's a book about a specific villain or group of villains, like what do you want? I would say I want the rogues. And um, that would be over like just about any other group of villains. So I think that's where Flash wins for me is just the humanity of those characters and how much... Um, how many side series and miniseries I've sought out with those characters just because I enjoy their, um, their characters so much. Like, I actually think the rogues are a rare instance. The rogues themselves are a rare instance of a group of villains that could exist in their own world with no hero and still be compelling to a degree.
1: My uh, the, the counterpoint I'm going to come up with is that and I, I, I'm probably not going to articulate this very well, but a, part of the part of the purpose of a villain is making a hero and one of the biggest heroes in the DC universe. You know, needs a good set of villains uh, that are capable of that, and that's Superman's are good for that. Uh, could could they hang on their own? Some of them, but that's that's not what I'm looking for in a good Rogues Gallery. How does the Rogues Gallery challenge the hero? How does it, um, you know, wait we, what kind of story do I get out of their conflict? So. I know I'm losing this one. I'm still trying to justify my place, though.
0: I think, my place, for, though. for me, it really is, like, it's, um... it that That's a very tough choice. That's, like, one just barely edging out the other because I think, I think Superman really does have, like, a great rogues gallery that, in a lot of ways, is underappreciated. But, um... I mean, for me, like, Flash is, like... The Wally West Flash is, like... He's up there with, like, my favorite heroes of all time. So, I mean, he probably rivals... I think I think at this point in my life, like, he almost rivals Peter Parker, like Wally West does for me as, like, one of the best characters in comics. So that's kind of where I'm coming from with that one.
2: <clears throat> I don't feel... Well, that's tough to say. Like I think overall, like in in the in the whole entirety, I think Peter Parker is better, but it's it's very difficult to argue that for a, a good stretch of time for, for several years that Wally West wasn't maybe the best written character in comic books. Or if if he wasn't the best, he was definitely one of them.
0: He was he was at least for a time, he was the best written character between Marvel and DC and i would Agreed. i would agree yeah. with that i would say i would say that is true of wally from about 1990 to about 2002 he is the best he is the best character um at least at dc and for i'd say about most of that barring when daredevil really started getting good in early 2000 maybe like ultimate universe um peter parker he was probably better than most of the marvel characters too So our final matchup is Batman and Flash. I'm going to start us off on this one. Um, as much as I love the Flash, Batman just has like such an iconic, such an iconic cast of villains that I don't see. I don't see how I can put Flash over that.
1: I can't. Um, it, it's the... For the reasons I articulated before, I... You know, come for the bats, stay for the villains. Uh, <laughs> and and you get to dig into some pretty wild stuff. So... Yeah, it, it, bats is totally on this one.
2: Uh make it trifecta I go with bats (laughs) but it's almost unfair though to to me because I'm again I'm such a Batman fan that I'm I I am partially inclined Um, but this one I actually I actually do feel is very close Mm. like I think I think Batman has become such an iconic character I mean if you take out super like I'd say Superman and Spider-Man take them out of the picture and Batman's probably like the third most recognizable superhero out there uh, but Flash, like the Flash villains just, they're not I would say on on the aggregate they're not as good as the Batman villains but the way they have been utilized and used and written in DC Comics, somehow they have been consistently written well for at least I would say like the better part of 30 years.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: It really is a testament so this is actually way closer than you think it would be.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that like if, um as far as DC Rogues Galleries, like I think, um, mm-hmm. I think they would hit closest to Batman.
1: Because
0: mm-hmm. I think, like Superman, I think Superman would also punch pretty close with Batman. But I think, I think like there would just be a slightly bigger degree of separation between the two. But, um, but like I said, I, Batman really is like. And maybe it's because he's had such great like animated treatments and stuff, and um, they've done such a good job of like getting some of like those iconic stories and collections. Because I, I mean, what the first comic book I ever owned, I think my parents got it for me, right before the Michael Keaton Batman came out, was the greatest Batman stories ever told. They got it for me, and it was at a uh, half price books, and um, this would be like. It collects Batman stories from like all the eras, like stuff from the 30s, stuff from like the 40s and 50s, 60s and 70s, like going into that. So um, that was really like my first um, really remembrance of having like a comic. So do we want to do wanna shut this one down and come back uh, for next week and hit the Marvel side and then decide who gets to um,
1: take on Batman in the final? Take on Batman? Yep. Yep. Good luck to him. Yeah, <laughs> I agree with that. <laughs> All right. So, everybody, thank you for joining us. We've been uh, talking about the Rogue's Gallery on the DC side. We want to hear from you please hit us up on our social media. We would love to hear from you. Do you think we're right? Do you think we're wrong? Did we, uh, does bats deserve that top spot or do you think somebody else does? Did we leave out someone that should have uh, had a good rogues gallery on there? Please hit us up and let us know. But until next time, this is Shad here with Matt and Brad. We've been in three quarters. You're in the fourth. And we will see you next time. Hold on. I'm on the wrong screen.